Welcome to Career Beats, 20-minute talks to navigate the new career development paradigm. Hosted by Carmen Gonzalez, coach and career advisor at Isade Careers. Hi, listeners. I'm Carmen Gonzalez, Associate Director of Isade Careers, coach and passionate about unlocking talent. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. Today marks International Women's Day, a day for celebrating women and all the progress that has been made towards equality of rights and opportunities for everyone. With women earning degrees at four times the rate we used to, with households looking very different now, and with women feeling more confident than ever before, the future ahead looks promising. However, there are still challenges not to be overlooked. Some of the data affecting both men and women are still concerning. According to research, women get paid 14.1% less than men for the same job, and this has only improved minimally during the last decade. Women made up only 5% of the CEOs appointed in 2020 globally. Only 5% of new dads take at least two weeks of paternity leave. The majority of them take only one day. Stereotypes play a very important role in this battle. The theme of this year's International Women's Day is Break the Bias, so let's contribute to it. And for this, I'm honored to talk to three inspiring women leaders, ESADE alumni, who are bringing change to industry and society, and who are contributing with their attitude, decisions, and commitment to a fair more equal and just world. Christina, Lotem, Sofia, it is such a pleasure to have you with us today. Welcome to today's special episode. Thank you for hosting us. It's a Thank pleasure. Very <laughs> really nice to meet you. Thank you. We are so happy to have you with us. So I'm sure that our listeners are very interested in knowing more about you and your inspiring career. Could you briefly introduce yourself so they get to know you better? So, okay, my name is Christine Almeida. I am, I'm currently a managing director of our, in, a, in Alvarez and Marcel, that is a leading uh, consulting firm. Um, I'm leading the transactions advisory group for Spain. So that's mostly like M&A and co-heading the ESG um, hub for, for the firm uh, across Europe. Before that, I just joined the firm like a few months ago. Before that, I, I was a partner at Deloitte um, in Spain and, and was leading the transactions group for financial services. Um, I was born in Valencia, a small city in, in, in Spain, um, <laughs> though I'm living in Madrid now. And before that, I, I was living in London. And I'm married, have three children, um, two boys and one girl. And really happy to be here. <laughs> Very happy you, you are with us, Christina. Thank you. Welcome. Lotem, maybe you want to continue? Sure. So my name is Lotem Alon. Um, I am originally from Israel and I currently live in Tel Aviv. I am a business vertical lead for a startup called Verbit. Um, there are a lot of Israeli startups and this is one of them. Um, after the MBA, I worked for BCG consulting in Tel Aviv and then I moved to a shipping company and then I worked for another Israeli startup for four years where I also relocated to the United States. So uh, quite global as well, I would say. <laughs> uh, 
Um, still single, no, no kids. Um, a lot of nephews and nieces though. Um, <laughs> and I do a lot of sports and I love traveling. Thank you. Amazing. Sophia, how about you? Hello, uh, pleasure to be here today. Sofia Vaspires. I'm originally from Portugal. I was trained as a computing engineer, although I can say that I have never really worked uh, as an engineer, uh, but always on the business side of the tech industry. Um, I can say that my full-time MBA at Tessade really gave me the opportunity of starting a, an international career. That was what I was really uh, seeking back then at multinationals in London and, and Brazil. And after spending, after having spent 10 years abroad, uh, I decided to return back home uh, just before COVID uh, hit Europe in early 2020. And today I'm the CEO of uh, Ericsson Portugal. Very nice, very impressive and inspiring careers. Uh, you are role models indeed. But I guess not all has been easy. So here comes my first question. Have you faced specific challenges throughout your career because of being a, a woman? And if so, how did you overcome them? I was trying to prepare this question um, and, and I was thinking that we, I mean, at least myself, I still face those challenges nowadays. I think obviously you're starting to feel more comfortable when you're dealing with those challenges. But honestly, being a, a woman in the sort of world where we are on the environment, for example, that I'm working at, um, it just makes you feel very lonely, to be honest. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it cannot be just one single challenge at one point in your career. For example, people will think, okay, what about when you had children? And maybe that was very difficult. I mean, children are for the rest of your life. So it was very <laughs> difficult at that moment. It's still very difficult. But I don't even, I won't even even um, take it to the family um, arena, what is very important. I think every woman feels alone in the rooms I mean uh, and, and that's something that we're still facing every day um, and, it, and it's even like that currently so I think um, I mean that for me that's the biggest challenge is just the fact that even if you have amazing colleagues and, and you feel very well with them but the reality is that they speak like different language to you and um, and then at the same time you have like um, well female characteristics <laughs> that are supposed to be normal but the reality is that it makes you feel different so obviously it's about the imposter syndrome the lack of confidence it's about the style the management style that you have that is different to theirs and um, I mean all those things makes you feel challenged every day to be honest yeah I, interesting I, I agree with Christine on a lot of these things I think that uh, when I worked with companies that have a large majority of men, especially when it comes to management positions, um, you know, whether it's traveling and I'm the only woman in a, you know, in a dinner table with a lot of alcohol running around, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, imposter syndrome, definitely a very strong thing that I haven't seen with men, um, you know, very, very often. And it took me a very long time to overcome it and understand that I'm, I really know what I'm doing. Um, and, and it's not just to think that, you know, to present maybe that I know what I'm doing, but I really know. And also stop apologizing. Uh, I see yeah. us as women, we apologize so much in discussions. We 
don't raise our voice. Um, I find myself in discussions when, you know, a lot of the men, you know, they speak up and, you know, they, they you know, they would, it's like the first person who speaks is, you know, and, and for me, that's not the case. Like, I don't want to be in an environment like this. So sometimes I just, I, I don't speak because I don't want to fight this way. That's not the kind of fight that I want to have. Um, yeah. And another, and another point to that is that um, I relocated a couple of years ago to New York, actually, when COVID started. But that decision to relocate to a different country, you know, mid-30s was a very, very tough thing to do. Um, you know, knowing as a woman, you know, where I stand. And I think it's a type of a dilemma that I don't think that men would have in this sort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's just the reality of us being women, uh, trying to juggle career and our lives. And expectations, right? <laughs> <laughs> that too, you have to be very good at what you do. I feel like that, you know, we, we don't have the luxury to fail as much as men. Um, and we aspire to be very, very good at what we do and perfect. And actually, sometimes it hurts us because we're trying to make things, you know, up to perfection. Um, and then we just don't speak up or we say it's not ready yet. And I think that influences us. But, you know, we'll talk about it more later. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. Well, personally, I couldn't agree more with what uh, Christina and Lotem ha- have just said. Um, uh, it's it's all that, right? So uh, especially, I mean, I've spent eight years of my uh, career in, in London uh, in an environment where English was not my mother tongue. Uh, in a company, in a very British company that couldn't be more British, uh, <laughs> surrounded by uh, uh, old great men. Um, in some of the assignments and roles that I had at, uh, at BT, I was, for instance, not only the only foreigner, but also the only woman working on the business side amongst all the C-level and heads of department within that unit. All the other ladies, they were either HR or assistants. Uh, and for whatever reason, like uh, uh, I was the only uh, woman sitting on the table. And maybe for that, I was the uh, the one being asked to take notes. I don't mind. Um, in fact, it's yeah. a, a good way of me to learn. And um also, I mean, on top of that, of course, that I had to uh, to work on everything else to deliver above expectations. And uh, I remember thinking back that, well, well, for me, it was just about getting myself out of my uh, comfort zone to go somewhere somewhere else. For those not taking notes, that was the end of the road. I mean, <laughs> I always look at every challenge as an opportunity for growth, uh, for what will come next. So I always uh, look at all these challenges like Christine and Lottam were describing. I, I, I feel exactly the same way, but it's all about, okay, but uh, this will get me stronger and it will get me uh, into something that I would love more doing. And yeah, it's for me all about following my dreams. But yeah, I mean, uh, like uh, like it has already been said, I think that as a woman, you always need to think twice or three times more than what a man would do in the same circumstances, just because certain decision will have a direct impact on your personal life. Yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting. And I guess it's also very much related to unconscious bias, right? Mm -hmm. How do you think this is affecting the workplace, unconscious bias? I mean, I... 
I would say that, you know, th there is a, an article that I read. I think it's, you know, this, it's an article that changed my life. It's, it's called The Confidence Gap um, in the Atlantic. I highly recommend to read it um, about how different our confidence is between men and women and how we, you know, we're raised differently um, or like we grow in a society that is very different. Um, and, you know, just give one anecdote about it, that a woman would not, um, you know, would not apply for a job if she doesn't have 100% of the requirements, but a man would apply if they have 50% in their, of their requirements. Yeah. And, you know, even, even with that, we just don't apply to things that we probably would, would get in and probably in many cases would also do a better job than men. Um, we bring to the table a lot of skills that it's, you know, it, that we bring our advantage of our uh, high emotional intelligence and we bring that to the table and we're able to connect with a lot of people and engage them, um, you know, influence without authority, which is a very tough thing to do. And, but I think that women do it very well. Um, so it's, uh, you know, those biases are difficult because we also don't take credit in many times, right? Because we work as a team. So we would do, you know, it's like what we did as a team and we, you know, and we wouldn't say this is, I did this, I did that. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it, you know, it makes it more difficult, but uh, I think I, I love what Sophia was saying about making that an opportunity. Uh, and I think that's, you know, part of it also. I, I enjoy that part of the, being that person who is connecting others in the room, being the only one capable of doing it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, Lotem. I really like what you were saying. Um, I think normally when, when we are talking about unconscious bias in organizations, most of the time um, we are referring to the unconscious bias about the men when they are speaking and they are maybe not making an environment that's safe and comfortable for women with some comments. And to be honest, I don't know for the rest, but at least at our, I mean, at our level with our seniority, we don't really care about that much i mean we are already grown up and 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 you wouldn't be you know be scared about certain commentaries what is really worrying is about our own unconscious bias so is the female not really yeah. living in themselves as lotum was saying so um what i believe is that we should be really working with the female in the organizations to make sure that we make the most of them because um, there's a lack of confidence and that's a reality. And I think, to be honest, that's like the basis of the, of the, of the differentiation between both genders within a, an organization. So it's about, it's not about real uh, policies, it's about supporting that women. So if we could just make the men be aware of what a, young girl in the early 20s when they're working or even any one of us is thinking and they would just obviously there's a lot that they can do they can help to support that women and most of the time I mean, the, the women are not really going to demand that I mean they're not even aware they will be scared to raise out then you know their, their hands so it's about the men, you know, being aware of that lack of confidence and uh, and, and and not feeling uncomfortable, and then they, they are able to help them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and just to to build on on that, I mean, really well said by uh, by Christine and Lottem. I mean, I think we women tend to be our biggest critics. Uh, so it's uh, it's really important that uh, while well, we are not always trying to uh, overachieve because that also drains uh, a lot of energy out, out of ourselves. So mm -hmm. it's really more about, well, being ourselves and uh, uh, 
keep standing for what we believe it's the right thing to do and never really quitting uh, whatever we want to do just because we we, we don't think we are um, as good as uh, other people as good as what we feel like we could uh, we could reach and um, but yeah I think it's all about uh, uh, also um, encouraging uh, all the other uh, young women around uh, uh, us and uh, the rest of other stakeholders, including men, to really for them to really understand how we work. And I think, well, um, it it gets really lonely, right? And it's something that we have already commented on. But it's more about uh, for them to 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 understand uh, that if we really behave as a role model and lead by example, they will. Uh, they will understand how how powerful it is um, to have a a, a, a woman uh, leading teams or even in a team. It's really a great uh, asset. So it's more about um, well uh, doing rather than talking sometimes because that sometimes it's uh, it's uh, it's quite powerful to to show by example. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And this is also very much related to micro inequalities that are happening in the workplace towards uh, women. What do you think we can do to share to to address those inequalities or micro micro inequalities? I can start. Uh, (laughs) I I think um, so. In Hebrew, um, you have different adjectives for uh, for male and female. I believe in Spanish is the same, right? So I think a lot of the, the job offers that are out there, um, they're geared towards towards males. And so for us as, as a female, when I see this this job posting, I feel like I'm, I'm excluded in a way. So one of the things that in these types of languages you can do is first flip it, you know, describe it as a female and then say, oh, you know, if you're a male, you can still apply, right? Um, and also I've seen companies that at the bottom, if they're saying, you know, they're putting all the job description and then they're saying at the bottom, if you're a woman, like if, if you think that you have most of what it takes, but not everything apply anyways, um, again, to encourage, you know, more women to apply, knowing that those biases exist. Um, yeah. and yeah, I would say these are probably the main ones, <laughs> pass it on to, to my colleagues. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. That's I mean, if I may add, um, for me, it just feels like the, the, the most important inequality, and I'm not sure if it's micro or huge inequalities, is is um is is the them, I mean, normally with I mean, once again, because of the unconscious bias, the men don't make you feel that you're part of the club. So it's like in general, I mean, like um because of the socials, because of the, the way obviously they behave between them, um it just a lot of times it makes you feel that you're not part of them you know of the of the of the club of of friends and I think this is social and it's normal and it's very complicated to to stop it and 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 we shouldn't be stopping that but if they were a little bit more aware and it's not that they need to stop behaving like that but they they can find the ways of make you included in in that club um, so I think that that is very important because that impacts uh, the, the, I mean, internally when you're working, but also externally with clients and and and, and the socials and so on. Um, I think that's something that um, is really impacting the day to day. Yeah, I would uh, totally agree, and I would just add that. Well, 
uh, at least in my case, now that I'm, I'm leading the uh, local company here, I just, uh, uh, well, for me, it's more about treating every everyone equally. Uh, for me, I don't see if it's a woman or a man. For me, it's all about talent. So, and one of the things that uh, it really annoyed me uh, when I was living in other cultures, maybe I don't know if it's part of uh, the way of speaking or the language, but when I felt like people were patronizing me, oh, or even how people were um, uh, addressing me. So welcome, Sophia. Oh, look at her. She's so lovely. It's like, no, I'm not lovely. I'm not, don't darling me. Um, so, and uh um, it's more sometimes it's just small things, but really make a difference. Or for, for instance, when uh, uh, a man who is leading the department uh, and well, before COVID, uh, uh, teams were still organizing team building events. And well, basically they were organizing for the team what they really fancy doing, like uh, sport cars or uh, a wine tasting event is like, now. Nah. I mean, <laughs> if you ask like, the majority of people what they really want to do maybe let's do something that is kind of uh, neutral just so everyone feels uh, part of the same of the same group um, so I, I think it's also part of each one of us to kind of when we are addressing our teams or other people to really to kind of break the, the bias in the sense of I mean no special treatment because oh she's a woman now I'm hiring her no I mean I always post when I post my vacancies I always make them uh, gender uh, neutral and with no reference whatsoever to to gender uh, and also in terms of the day-to-day -day business I, I make sure that I give the right opportunities and same level of treatment to, to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that, um, that with micro inequalities, something that is very important is that leaders create a culture that encourages uh, safe communication. So everyone feels safe to speak up and stop those uh, micro inequalities when they see them. I so, want to say, Karen, one thing. Yeah, I, I, I admire both of you, you know, in a way that uh, I... I feel like sometimes that I took the easy road. So when I, I moved away from consulting, I sometimes felt like it was a very alpha dominated environment. And I was having a lot of issues with that. Um, I didn't like that. And when I was searching for my new job, like I, you know, it was one of my definitions was the work environment that I wanted to be part of. And I chose companies where, you know, I see more women in management positions. I have more women colleagues uh, I search for that. I mean, the company that I work for right now, I'm working with a lot of women. I've never seen so many women in, in uh, management positions and it's a startup and I love it. Um, but so I, I really admire you for this. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would also say that, you know, for, for the young ones out there, search for those places also that have this diversity. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you, you can join that and you can empower that culture as well. Okay, but Lotem, we are changing. Don't worry, Lotem. <laughs> or you can come. I mean, if you want to do consulting, come to me. <laughs> Opening but, doors for the next ones to come. <laughs> told you, I admire both of you. I really do. <laughs> that's great. Oh, so, same here. Thank you. What would a gender equal world look like? How will how will we know when we've achieved uh, an equal world? That's easy when men can give birth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, I, I think, you know, when it comes to parenthood, I think part of it is um, 
you know, knowing that it's it's a partnership and, you know, men and women probably do the same at work, you know, at, at work and at home. So, you know, if you need to take the kids from, you know, from school, you know, twice a week, like make it something more equal. I think that, you know, that will be something um, that would help understanding the biases, as we said. Um, and yeah, I mean, having that confidence to also help other women grow, which is really important, you know, this mentorship, especially early on, on the way. Um, and I think even with higher up positions, right, you need to have friends, because you said it's, it's lonely out there. And we need to raise the younger generations, you know, to have that confidence to fail Absolutely. and to raise, so, to rise. So Absolutely, I love yeah, that. Totally, totally agree. <laughs> I would, uh, I would just uh, add that. Uh, well, um, that time will come when uh, uh, we will see the same type of opportunities and pay for everyone. Um, and maybe when uh, we are no longer discussing this topic, but uh, but something else. Uh, <laughs> but it's all about. Um, as, as Lotham was saying as well, is really about how we stimulate really young generation of, of, of women to follow um, uh, different uh, uh, learning paths than the obvious ones. And they just, uh, they know that they can aspire to become whoever they want. It's yeah. just a matter of uh, dedicating themselves to excel at what they want to be doing. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, if I if I may add, and, and I really like what they were saying, um, I mean, it's not only about data, but data is a fact. I mean, we will see a diverse environment where we see more females. <laughs> That's a reality. But for me, it's, it's more about choice. It's, uh, it's about, um, I would like my daughter, to be honest, not to feel that in the future she's going to need to face a, a, a very difficult choice because uh, she will need to choose between her career and her family. I think that's something that we really need to focus and and, and making that change. And, and unfortunately, I'm still getting, as you were saying, lot of, I mean, consulting a lot of girls saying, okay, how have you done it? I mean, uh, how, I mean, can I have a family? It's like, what? I mean, this is incredible. I mean, just the fact that they need to decide about it. I mean, I think that's the key point. And, and it's not that only about family. And we've already talked about how many different things that makes us different, okay? But it's about the fact that a woman thinks that, that they cannot have everything in their lives. I mean, that as a fact, that reflection, that is, is terrible. Because I've never met a man that has the feeling that they are not going to be able to achieve whatever they want in, the, in, in their lives. Uh, so I think that's like the basis of the problem. Um, we've been educated like that. And I really hope that in the future that changes and, and that female feels that they can have absolutely everything in their lives and, and that they don't have to choose. Absolutely. Right. I think that's uh, an absolutely key topic. So um, I'd like to ask... Um, how do you think companies and governments can normalize parenthood so it does not impact our professional lives as much? I don't think it's nothing to do with governments. I'm, I'm really sorry. And, and I know this is very controversial because we're obviously talking about uh, maternity and paternity, I mean, leaps and, and, and the permissions and so on. Uh, I think it's about every single leader, um, obviously in the in the corporate world, but obviously on the public industry sector as well, normalizes parenthood. Just by making this normal and, and public. Uh, I remember, I mean, and I think we've had all of, I mean, that 
everywhere. But I remember where I work is like all the typical, I mean, business center. I mean, it's very rare to see a, a, a boy or a girl, super rare. I mean, it's very rare. And, and I think COVID has helped a little bit on that sense, like the typical having teens and, and, the, and the children coming in. I mean, that ha I mean, that has helped to normalize a little bit. Uh, what I invite to all of my, well, my bosses in my history is being like, why don't you, I mean, you have an amazing opportunity. You can show off that you have a family, that you're normal, that you're, you, you have an opportunity to inspire the younger, I mean, people that are working for you. I think if, if each person um, realizes that they have an amazing power to inspire the people below them, I mean, we could certainly make a difference in society. And, and that's something as lots of was saying, for example, in consulting, we have the opportunity because we have, I mean, I mean, the, the, the average age is super young and we have a lot of young people working for us. I mean, that is an opportunity, as Sophia was saying. Every challenge is an opportunity. Absolutely. It's not it's not women that become mothers, it's people that become parents, right? No, absolutely. And 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 now with the at least for example in Spain, we recently have like them. Uh, the parent, um, the parental permission uh, that is is being equalized to the female permission, I mean to the mother permission, um, and it's becoming very controversial because you you don't have the men taking this um, this period uh, of paternity, and it's becoming very controversial, <laughs> and mm. and I think we really need to push for it. I mean, because it's not only because we want to achieve equality in 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 the um, in the working environment. It's just that we want the the best um, uh, the best environment for our children. I mean, it's it's an obvious one. And but once again, it's not about the three months or the X number of weeks. It's about really the implication of the men at home. <laughs> so yeah. obviously, mm -hmm. this becomes very controversial. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think it's key. I mean, what you said, it's about, you know, it's not how do we make it better for women at the workplace, which a lot of it is, but I think, you know, how do we make it more legitimate for men mm -hmm. to be at home, right? Because, or, or you know, the partner, whoever, whoever that is, because yeah. if you don't, you know, if you need to take everything at home on yourself, you don't have enough time for, for your career, right? So, um, and I've heard a lot on a lot of successful women, and I really think that a big part, you know, that came across on all of them is that they had a very supporting spouse. I mean, that it was a partnership, um, and and yeah. they said otherwise they would not have been able to make it. Yeah, make your partner a real partner, right? Yeah. yeah I think that is absolutely key, Lotem. <laughs> I love talking <laughs> about that. I mean, like I always said to the to the younger girls, and it's like, yes, marry well. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what I'm saying, Marywell, is that choose the correct, I mean, suppose, I mean, yeah. in about gender, you know, it's like you really need to choose someone that is really going to support you because that person is going to become your most important sponsor and coach. Uh, because you're spending with that person most of your day and 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 you know that lack of confidence that we were talking about I mean it's just key when you get home and you say oh my god I did that I did this wrong I, I, I feel worried to do take this decision I feel I mean you have there that person that says oh, what the hell no no, no. You, you can do it yes go on for me that is super important mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah a partner in all aspects yeah absolutely yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And on maternity leave, I, I totally uh, agree with uh, what has been said. I mean, uh, it's all about uh, our leaders, those who have families to really um, show to other people that they are normal and that they are humans and they are also allowed to have families. It's not just about work, 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 uh, but also I think uh, somehow uh, maternity leave should be taken by both partners um, just to so both would in the relationship would need to to stop working and so in that sense there would be no one uh, staying behind so um, yeah but uh, there are a lot of variables uh, into the same equation but it's really about uh, um, well as part of uh, our working environment and personal life to have a lot of uh, sponsors and, and partners, people who we can uh, truly rely on and uh, those type of people who give us uh, strength to uh, keep going ahead. But same at work, right? So um, you shouldn't uh, feel guilty because uh, there are certain things you want to do in life. <laughs> so yeah, Absolutely. That's amazing. So now I share three questions that have been chosen by our audience. So you can give us a very short and practical answer. Christina, do you feel that women are more affected by the imposter syndrome than men? And if so, how to tackle this? Um, yes. I mean, I'm really sorry, but... I, 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 <laughs> Short answer, I yes. <laughs> I would apologize. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, all of us uh, do have imposter syndrome, and I'm not saying that men don't have, but certainly in a less, I mean, in, in a less degree. Uh, my recommendations, ignore it. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's very difficult. I mean, you can obviously train yourself and whatever. I would say ignore it, prepare hard. I mean, really work hard just to make sure that you start feeling a bit more I mean, comfortable. Ask for feedback. I mean, uh, when, if you're thinking that you're doing things wrong, I mean, ask and, and you will be surprised that um, people are not really thinking the same as you. And And to be honest, and it's like, if, you, if everything is going right, just trust that the organizations where you're working have amazing, you know, feedback evaluations and whatever processes. So if you're making it, that's because you're doing it right. So forget it. I mean, like, just don't think too much. Just, just continue. Ignore it. Amazing. Sophia, how do you see the role of women outside of work? Has it really changed as much as it should have? Well, I think it's really about um, uh, each one of us to decide uh, uh, what type of role we want to take outside work um, and really set those rules at home and in the environment that we have uh, uh, chosen to, to be our home. So, um, and uh, well, this is kind of a, a build up on, on my previous uh, answer, but uh, those who are around us must really respect who we are um, and that means in terms of our professional ambitions, uh, as also um, uh, in terms of how we want to define our pr priorities in, in our personal life. And Lottem, to what extent are stereotypes affecting equality between men and women? So I think, as I mentioned before, it's that confidence and it's about uh, you know when we I think it all starts when we raise girls right and we raise boys and and we say you know the, the boys you know they go and they climb trees and they fall and they run and you know like crazy and 
and for the girls like oh be careful you're gonna get injured you know don't do this don't do that like you you know you want to keep the girls safe but the the boys can take risks and and so they learn that they can take a risk and they can fail and we don't practice this enough as girls I think that you know what made me um, take more risks is the fact that I did sports as a child Um, and I still practice sports today and I think that helped me a lot to know that you know if I fail I'm just going to get up and that builds a lot of resilience I know you're um, a soccer lover, so. Yes, I am. I play <laughs> tennis too, but yes. Uh, <laughs> and it really, it, it gives me a lot. I mean, the fact that I was playing uh, competitive sports. Um, and I would say, you know, encourage girls to be a bit more like boys in that sense. But it's not like, you know, don't be girl. Like we have a lot of advantages in girls. We can We can do it our way. But sometimes, you know, let's take a little bit more risks. And what I say to myself in many cases um, when I feel insecure is like, you know, would a man say that? Would a man think that? Um, And most of the times it would be no. And then once that happens, then I say, all right, so, you know, what would a man do with my position? And I behave like this and the results are actually quite good. Um, And I really hope that, you know, that day, you know, that day comes that I don't have to think this way. But I know that this is my bias. um, And I think that's something that we can change. Yeah. Amazing. So what would be your main piece of advice for women and allies to achieve a more equal workplace between men and women? I will maybe talk about one of the statements I was um, saying before. It's just like, don't choose. I mean, don't feel that you need to make a choice in your in your life and, um, and accept in, imperfection. I think uh, females, I mean, we are like we've been raised like that, as Lotan was saying, like we, we like everything well done and and we are very self-demanding. I would say, obviously, life is short and the day has 24 hours. So you just need to make sure that you can live without uh, everything being perfect. And, and that will help you not having to make choices. And and for me, that would be the, the best recommendation. Thank you, Christina. Very, very interesting. Well, mine would be something similar to that. And I would say um, never stop yourself from getting something you you really want because you think you don't have the the same chances. So just be yourself because that's really what differentiates uh, yourself from what is out there and make sure you are good at what you want to do. I would say self-compassion. I think it's something that I learned to do better in my thirties. Um, you know, we we like we, we don't give ourselves enough compliments. Uh, we in many cases look at what's negative and what didn't succeed. So you know, we gave that. You know, going back to Christina, what you were saying. You know, yeah. we gave a presentation. It was ninety nine percent amazing, but we will concentrate on that one percent that didn't go as expected, and yeah. uh, we we will focus there. And we and we will think that you know, we, oh my god, I was so terrible in this, and I forgot about this, and I, instead of saying, but I did such an amazing job. Okay, fine. You know, I forgot this little thing over there. That's okay. I'm human. Um, I think if we practice more of that self compassion, I think that was, you know would make us more peaceful and much more successful too. Absolutely, I read a very interesting article, and the title was. Teach your daughters to be brave, not to be perfect. And I think that's very true. Absolutely. (laughs) I'll say that to my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm sure that our students are eager to find out more about you. So where can they find you? Um, In my case, LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. 
the same as me. I'm also on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mum in trouble in Instagram. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. We'll look for you. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's uh, LinkedIn too, probably. Uh, just, you know, if you ask, uh, you know, if you make a friend request, please just write a note beforehand because otherwise I would have no idea who you are. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a note of that. Thank you. Christina, Lotem, Sophia, what a pleasure to spend this time with you today. Thank you for helping us celebrate International Women's Day. And especially, thank you for your efforts and commitment to drive positive change in your industries and in society. I'm sure it is the dream of all of us that the day arrives when we don't have to celebrate International Women's Day. This will mean that equality between men and women is a reality and not something we still need to fight for. In the meantime, as Emma Watson said in her He for She UN speech, if it's not us, who? And if it's not now, when? Christina, Lotem, Sofia, thank you again for driving such an important change. It's been so nice to speak with you today. It was awesome. Thank you so much awesome. for hosting us. And thank you very Pleasure. much for those words. Thank you. <laughs> and the career beat goes on. Looking forward to seeing you in our next episode of Career Beats. Keep your career beating. Tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts for a monthly dose of career stories, advice, and trends.